With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game. Love the game. Or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the Sports Gal Pal herself, Ramona Rice. Well, hey there, Gal Pal Nation. Welcome to the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help you understand why he screams at the TV during a game. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at Sports Gal Pal and, of course, on SportsGalPal.com. So what did I learn this week? It is really important to actually pay attention to the preseason. So as most of you know by now, my regular listeners and for new listeners, welcome. I have been doing this great two-a-day series where I've been interviewing the guys from Next Fan Up. It's a great podcast on blogtalkradio.com, and I have really enjoyed my time. It's 32 guys plus Pod Vader, so 33 men, all voracious football fans, particularly of their specific teams. And to get ready for this two-a-day preview, I've had to watch a lot of preseason football. I've had to read more football than I normally do. Um, And it's been really interesting. And I didn't realize how important it was actually to really pay attention to football and really pay attention to, you know, exactly what goes on in a preseason. I didn't think it was really that big of a deal. I didn't think it was a big deal to, you know, pay attention to preseason games other than worry about injury because really in the scheme of things, I know who my starters are going to be. I know what should happen. But watching the preseason has been really different. Number one, it it whets my appetite for real football. I cannot wait for um, football to begin. But I feel like it makes me a better, more intelligent sports fan because it's a whole aspect of a game and the league experience that I've never really delved into before. So we have one more week of kind of preseason games. Now this week is going to be, you won't see the starters play. I very much doubt that because we are don't want any more injuries. Um, but you will see some of the guys that might make it onto the team or practice squads. And while that might seem really insignificant, the majority of these guys you won't ever see play a down of professional football, there are those few that might get to be a starting um, player if a player from your starting line or starting offense or defense gets injured. And it does happen. I mean, so it's been very interesting. But the other thing that's really taught me is that, you know, this whole preseason for me has been prep because... I've had to prep all these interviews with all these boys and, you know, prep to my fantasy drafts and all kinds of stuff. And it made me wonder, it's like, you know, with as much prep and preseason that goes on, it might seem silly, but is it any different than when a woman, say, preps for Christmas or the holidays? I'll be a little more general, I guess. But, you know, it made me dawn on on me that, you know, I start doing my holiday prep for my family um, way in, you know, the end of September. That's when I start planning Christmas cards and I start planning, okay, these are all the holiday events we want to do with the tiny humans. And this is where we're going to be because unfortunately UVA football doesn't go to bowl games. So I don't have to worry about that. So my um, December's are usually free for that, um, you know, other than watching pro football. But 
it just made me wonder. It's like, I always thought the preseason was silly. I thought that it was something kind of insignificant that was kind of silly and, and just not worth my time as a football fan. And, and it is. It is totally worth your time as a football fan to kind of watch a couple games. You don't have to watch every game like I've been doing, but you can watch your team's games to kind of see, okay, this is the potential. But the other thing is that as much as you plan, disasters happen. I mean, as much as I plan for Christmas and everything to go well, inevitably something won't. Either one of us will get sick or the toy we want is out of stock or packages come in late or just the fact that, you know, we have all these expectations for a great holiday season and somehow all we wind up with is extra bills and a couple extra pounds from eating too many Christmas cookies. That can happen with football. So for my fans, my rookie fans who are seeing their teams, particularly teams that haven't been doing so well, um, you know, things like Washington Redskins, um, Oakland Raiders, um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, no, they haven't done really well this preseason. But for those teams that are kind of been like on the edge of like, oh, where are they going to do so well? And they've been winning these games. Please, please, please listen to me very carefully. Preseason games only mean us kind of previewing what could happen the potential that it happens. So it's like watching a preview of a movie. Sometimes you see the very best bits of the movie in the preview, and you didn't actually need to see the preview. So some of these teams, we're seeing the best bits of the movie. We don't actually need to watch any of their games this season. This is all you're going to get. This is the highlight. That's that's pretty much all you're going to get. And for other teams that are surprising, maybe like a Philadelphia Eagles, where they have so much mystery kind of surrounding what's going on, or even the Patriots and how they're going to handle Tom Brady being out for four weeks. You know, you're going to get some surprises. There may be some trick endings. So those are worth tuning into. So, or, so, you know, the big lesson in this for me is that I just feel like for now I understand why preseason exists. I understand why we need it, why it's important, and why we as fans need to understand it. And it does for a lot of my um, listeners and potential listeners that are like, oh, my God, do you want me to listen to more, watch more football? Yes! You should want to watch all the football because it's fun and it's great and I love it. It's the best time of year because it cultivates in football and baseball and just all kinds of great things. Plus, pumpkin lattes are coming back from Starbucks. How much more could a girl want? So this, um, what I learned this week is short because I have been engrossed in doing my two-day series, which wraps up um, this next week and a half, and then I'll be doing the best of the Superfans episode on September 10th. Please make sure you tune into that. The guys on Next Fan Up have been so amazingly gracious. They did not have to spend hours with me. Some of them did. I recorded literally two hours with them because they didn't want to stop talking. So to all my single ladies out there, If you want to get a guy, figure out sports because I can't tell you how many of these guys are single that are like, oh my God, I wish I could meet a woman like you. I can't believe you're married. And they're probably doing it to be flattering to me. But I'm just like, wow, you know, it's really not that hard to get a man. You know, you just have to know a little bit of their interest and whether or not it's their into bikes or cooking or sports, you know, figure that out. But seriously, when they meet a cool chick that knows and talks and and seems somewhat intelligent about a topic they're interested in and legitimately seems interested in them, it's like a whole world opens up. And then all of a sudden they're sharing secrets about their lives and why they picked the teams they picked. Very interesting. So a lot of those secrets will be revealed in the September 10th episode. So if you have a favorite super fan, and I might reveal who my favorite super fan is um, on that episode. I don't know if I could choose one, though. They're all kind of cool. 
But um, just make sure to check it out. It's going to be on blogtalkradio.com forward slash um, sports gal pal. And again, you can check out the guys on Next Fan Up at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Next Fan Up. It's a great podcast to hear how men really talk about football. And sometimes it's really funny to listen to them because you're just like, wow, y'all are just crazy. So it's not, you know how they say like, witches be crazy. I don't want to say the B word because I don't want to get an explicit tag, but men, men be crazy. Boys be crazy. So that's what I learned this week. Preseason is important and boys be crazy. There we go. All right. I cannot tell you how excited I am about the interview this week. So let me tell you a little bit about how much I adore and admire Mikey Rupert. He is an amazing sports podcaster. He and Doug Cooper run a podcast called Cooper and Rupert Podcast. And it is my must-listen-to Monday morning um, podcast. It's, I love them. I adore them. I think that they're terrific because as much as I adore the super fans, those guys are super crazy and passionate. Doug and Mikey are a little bit more subdued, and I think they're a little bit calmer. So they're almost like an in-between cross between what you would get a talking head from ESPN and a super fan. They're that middle of the road, and they're a little impartial. But what I love about them is, again, they are doing an all-sports podcast. They don't just cover just football or baseball. They cover the whole gamut, the whole wide world of sports, and it allows some great conversations and some great insights into sports. So it's a great podcast to listen to with your husband or your other sports fans in your life that you're just like, huh. That's really interesting. Or maybe it's just because I have a huge secret crush on Mikey Rupert that I'm just now revealing. It's okay. My husband knows about it. He's perfectly okay with it. So enjoy my conversation with Mikey Rupert. He um, is an amazing podcaster, and I just cannot say enough good things about him. All right, gals and pals. I am like ridiculously excited, like so excited that I've been like super excited to have this guest on all day, like all day at work, I should have been concentrating on other things, but all I could think about was, oh my God, he's coming on the podcast. And I know this seems like weird, but so here's the deal. When I first was launching Sports Gal Pal and I was relaunching the blog, I was starting to find other sports podcasters to listen to and other sports podcasts. And I started listening to this one called Cooper and Rupert. And it's a great podcast. These two dudes in a um, no air conditioning apartment in LA just talking about sports like two guys would. It, it, it's, it's a great podcast. I'm a huge, huge fan. But to my surprise, I got an email from one of the co-hosts and that's my guest today, Mikey Rupert. And it was the nicest email before I launched and he said, you know, good luck if you've got any questions. And it was just like, I was so scared and nervous to even start podcasting, number one, but podcasting in sports where there aren't a lot of women to have like one of the guys that I love to listen to regularly say, hey, you're going to be fine. And then when I launched, he emailed me again, goes, you sound great. Keep going. So I am so excited to have Mikey Rupert on the podcast today. Mikey, welcome the sports gal pal it's great to be on here and i don't know maybe my career will be 10 years or maybe it'll be 10 minutes but that was probably the best intro i've ever had and may never have another better one so i definitely appreciate it and it is good to be on yeah i again i'm gonna be total fangirl for a minute i love your podcast. I love you. I'm sure Doug is great, um, but Doug has never like interacted with me. So I feel like I have a better relationship with you, which sounds weird because, you know, again, it's not like that kind of relationship, but it's just like, no. you're kind of like 
my go-to sports guy. You know, it's like, I want to hear what you're saying. I want to know what you're saying. Sometimes I t- completely disagree with you. Like your love for the um, all-you-can-eat hot dog contest. I completely agree with Doug. That's disgusting and should not be talked about. Every episode after the 4th of July from here on out on our show is going to be a heavy breakdown of the hot dog eating contest. And there's just nothing Doug or anybody else can do about it. It's so gross. It's so gross. It's like soggy hot dogs. It's wrong. It's so, so wrong. And I love the way Doug, I'm um, saying, now I'm really being fangirl when I'm quoting, quoting, um, Doug, when I'm just like, you know, no amount of wet, soggy hot dogs will fill the emptiness in your soul. I think he said something like that. And I just laughed out loud. All right. So, Mikey, I like to start all my interviews with the same question. How'd you get into sports? Oh, just, it, there was really never an option when I was, when I was growing up. The culture around my community and everything like that is just, you do sports. I'm from the Midwest. You just grow up. You do them. I played them all. I just I enjoyed sports. I don't know. I just never I never didn't like them. It's just I always liked them. And you know, my dad and my brother were big influences on me. And uh, I've I've just been a geek since I was a little kid. And I and I've always liked to talk about them. Even when I was 11 years old, this is kind of a funny story when I tell people this. But I was um, I was about 10 or 11 years old. I can't remember the exact age. But I'm from a super super small town, like the smallest town ever. And there is a community access channel that runs the football games, the high school football games on Saturday all day long. They pre-record them. Well, they have this guy who runs the camera and films them, and he was announcing at the time. Well, my dad helped me because I, I said that I would love to be able to announce like that. Um, he helped me get on there. So I was the color commentator for the high school football team when I was like 10 years old. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was always really funny. And it's, I've never listened to it since because there's no way I could go back and listen to my voice squeak that much. But, uh, but it was a really good experience, that's for sure. But I, I've always been into this stuff. So now you, did you play sports in high school? Yeah, football, basketball, baseball, and golf. Wow, that's the whole, like, you know, a lot of sports there. So did you continue it in adulthood, like college, or? No, not really. Uh, I, I really wasn't that good. I had a couple of uh, people approach me about college baseball, but I, I really just wanted to be a student full-time, so I just, I, I never wanted to pursue that life, so I didn't do it. So, so way too much practicing for me, Ramona, come on. <laughs> And you went to, and you're from the great state of Kansas, yes, but you don't believe in that whole chalk nonsense. No, I'm Kansas State, the purple one. Yeah, I, I do get it. You guys are great in football. Like, you do beat those Jayhawks in football a lot. Yeah, they pop up every now and then. Uh, a couple years ago, they had a good run, lost to Baylor, might have got a national title bid. So, no, it's been a great run, and it's uh, and, and I, I love those guys. Go Cats. But- but now you're not in Kansas. You actually are in L.A. Boy, I'm really revealing all your secrets. Like, all these people are going to start, like, going, where's, where is Mikey Rupert? Yeah, right. yeah, we're doing it in Los Angeles now. And you were so right about this air-conditionless apartment. We shut all the windows and, and all the blinds and stuff because we're trying to get as, as good audio quality as we possibly can in the room. So we have everything shut, and I have no air conditioning. So it gets really steamy during each of our shows. Wow. Um, yeah, you, you talk about it somewhat on the, on the podcast, which I always find funny. Um, cause a couple weeks ago, you actually had your family there too. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's an air conditionless apartment and you're doing a podcast and your family's there. And I'm like, 
studio apartment. It's a, uh, so there's just basically one big room, and then there's a kitchen and a bathroom. It was, it was tough. It was like pigs in a, in a, in a corral or something. I mean, it was really sweaty, and it was, it, was, it was difficult, that's for sure. Favorite time of year is this time of year where football, we talk about football. I'm so excited. Football, 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 um, particularly college football. I'm actually a huge college football fan. Despite the fact that my um, university is not that great at f- football, um, we're like, what, 48 days away from college basketball, so I'm very excited about that. Um, but I am I know I'm looking forward to the football season. What about you? Oh, absolutely. It, it, this may be your, maybe more than others because I've definitely made a conscious effort that I'm going to be, that I'm going to know what I'm talking about by the time college football rolls around because a lot of the time I spent – before it was always my concentration was always on the NFL and everything like that. But I'm going to try to do college football. And college, it's just it's just a really fun time of year. So I'm I'm totally geeked for it. Yeah, and I think college football is so different. Like you know, there I I've always met because I'm doing this whole two a day series where I'm like previewing all the NFL teams, and that's fun. But you know, with college, it's so hard to do that because there's so many schools and so many you know. But there's not a lot of parity. There's usually only like a group of like a core group of them. So you know, you've been doing some research. I know that I'm looking forward to seeing like what Ohio State's going to be doing. I'm looking forward to seeing what TCU's doing. I'm kind of curious to see if USC is going to be doing any, anything really interesting now that the sanctions are all over. I'm going to see how Florida State bounces back after losing Jameis Winston, and can Jimbo keep that going? Um, those are the kind of stories I'm looking forward to. I don't know about you. No, I'm 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 in the same way. I mean, I, how is Ohio State going to react to their success? And for whatever reason, I don't know why I decided this. I, I I was thinking about this in my car drive. I was thinking, I don't know, Ohio State. You know, they were great on paper, but are they going to be able to repro- Are they going to be hungry enough to reproduce what they did last year? And I was thinking, dude, stop. They, they have Urban Meyer as their coach. He got three Heisman Trophy quality players to stay on his team. This guy is the ultimate motivator, and I will, I'm not going to doubt him. I'm not going to be that dumb this time, and I think Ohio State's probably going to do it again. But uh, in, in the meantime, you know, they have to go through at the very end, no matter how good they are, they got to play two heavy hitters at the very, very end. And I think that that's what makes this this playoff system so great is the fact that now you you still have to earn it. I mean, you could cruise through your schedule and you still got to earn it at the very end. Yeah, I enjoyed this playoff last year so much, um, you know, because, again, had we not had this playoff, the game would have been Alabama and Florida State and we wouldn't have gotten such a good game. I mean, that's that's what the game would have been. No, that's true. And I uh, but I woke up and this is the thing that. I've, t- I've since come to terms with it, but I'm, of course I'm a Big 12 guy, and I remember waking up in the morning when they announced who the four teams were going to be in the playoffs, and I, liked them, I got up in my bed and I, looked at, I was looking at Twitter, and because I was thinking for sure, I was like, they're surely going to put Baylor, or they're surely going to put TCU in there, even though I thought Baylor should be in there, but I was like, well, they'll put TCU in there, but it is what it is, and then I looked up and I didn't see him on there, and I was stunned, and I actually I screamed in my bed, I go, What? I couldn't even believe it, but hey, you know, I think this is the part that the human element can put something in, and and if it at the time it completely blew me away that they that they would go ahead and put Ohio State in there, and I thought that they at the time I thought that they were super reactionary. I was thinking they just put them in there because they went fifty nine to nothing over over Wisconsin instead of looking at the whole body of work. That's what I thought. Well, I was wrong, and they went and ended up crushing everybody. So maybe they knew a little bit more than that. And I think the human element actually brings probably an element that uh, that is needed to deciding who needs to be playing in that playoff game. 
Yeah, because I feel like, you know, before with the BCS particularly, it's, it's not like, you know, when you look at like college basketball, that's an entire month where all of us are devoted to brackets and we're all talking about, well, they should be, high, you know, seated higher. Because I like, you know, I went to the University of Virginia and I was so, so mad at our two seating and then facing Michigan State again. I'm like, come on, selection committee. Come on. Well, you, You're punishing you us wanted, for slow pace. You wanted to be one? Who? You, you, you wanted Virginia to be at one? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, because Virginia won the ACC um, regular season outright. Do you know how hard that is to do? And we've done it two years in a row. So we at least should have had Villanova's spot, and we should have actually been higher than Duke. Now, Duke wound up winning the whole thing, so I guess they may have been seeded correctly, but Virginia should have been a one seed. Well, the one thing, and I, Ramon, I was exactly like you once upon a time where I freaked out about re- rankings and seedings and all that stuff. But the one thing about the tournament is the, the, the tournament is the equalizer. A 16 seed has just as good of a chance as a one seed. Now, the 16 seed isn't very good, but you, know, but you understand what I'm saying. Everyone's got their chance. So really, if you get in, you, you can let your play do the talking, maybe more so than any other sport out there. No, my heart wants Virginia to win a national championship in men's basketball. So I do not want to be rational, Mikey. No. Well, no. You know, I, I, but I'm saying in a two seed, you still got a really good chance to. Do, you, you just have to win all your games. So does the one seed. You know what I mean? Like you're, if you're in, you got a shot. It would have been a much easier road than having to face Tom Izzo in Michigan State. Well, they would have came along somewhere along the line. That's for sure. You know, within a college, like let's say you got like the Big Twelve. And you have the ACC. And you and I can debate and go back and forth about, well, who is the better football conference? Who is the better basketball conference? Well, that's, I think, going to be really interesting when it comes to the football conference thing. And I've actually been pretty interested in the fact that of the SECs, I wouldn't call it a demise because I still still believe that they're probably the best. Still. But I think that the Pac-12 is nipping at their heels. And the Pac-12 is extremely deep. Now, they're going to have a chance to prove themselves – um, coming up because, you know, Oregon might be a little bit more vulnerable than they were before. But the, but the SEC and especially the SEC West, there's, there's no team that is really dominant and the, and the floor has been raised by some of the bottom feeders. You think of Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Those are still competitive options. So the fact is that none of those teams are going to have a break and they're going to beat themselves up a lot. And I also don't think that the top tier of that are any better than the other conferences' tops. You know, Alabama, they're probably just as good. Uh, you know, they're going to be very competitive, uh, but it's going to be just about the same as like TCU, Baylor, USC, you know, uh, Ohio State, somebody like Louisville or Clemson. I, they're, they're all going to be like pretty close. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that I don't think that the, that the SEC has just got what they used to have. I think recruiting has been a little bit more distributed than it once was, although there's, it's still pretty heavy down in South, but I, I, still, I think it's, it's starting to even out, and I think we're seeing that a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. I think we're starting to see a little bit more parity, and I think having better coaching in some of these conferences, I mean, you know, Jim Harbaugh leaving the 49ers to go back into, you know, into college land and, and him going to Michigan, I mean, that brings a whole other element to the Big Ten and that, you know, Michigan and Ohio State rivalry. And, you know, this year, you know, Wolverine fans don't, don't expect too much because he's still dealing with, you know, I, I don't think the best caliber players that he's going to bring in but give him a couple years and that's going to be one of the best rivalries again in football no i I, well i agree you know the 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 spirit is there for that rivalry it's whether or not michigan rises to the level and they will eventually get there but right now the only team that i see even close to threatening ohio state is 
Michigan State, and even then, I think it still might be a long shot. But the Big Ten is still pretty weak, other than the, the other than the very very tip top. But yeah, when Michigan gets going again, that's just one of those things that just that makes college football, I think, more special than even the NFL could ever be. Is is when you've got rivalries like that. Uh, that's always that's always just really exciting to, to watch on Sunday, and just because people are are so freaking stoked, and it's uh, and, and it makes college football one of a kind. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. So that, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Saturdays in the fall, going to see Virginia games live, though we're going to lose. We're going to lose a lot of games. I'm going to be very depressed. I, I need to watch myself on my podcast. Um, you know, switching up. Ramona. What? Just expect, expect a roast and hope for the best, and uh, and life will be all right. No, this is our this is our um, out of conference schedule. Um, we we open up at UCLA, then Notre Dame comes to town. I know technically they're part of the ACC, but they come to town, and then we play William and Mary. Okay, then we play Boise State, um, and then there's a couple others. I, I'm just going. Who thought of this when you know Virginia went five and six last year? We couldn't even get to five hundred. Um, you know, it, it's just it, and well, we always right side. You get through that, you know, you're going to be right there at the top. Yeah, we're not going to get through that. <laughs> You're so adorable because we're not going to get through that. Trust me, I watch Virginia. It's just it's it's and unfortunately, it's a coach that um unfortunately he does not have good game time management. Um, so game day decisions are very poor. We've gone through several like several quarterbacks have left. It's it's a, our secondary is gone. Um, it's going to be a long season. So basketball cannot come soon enough for um for us Wahoos. So, and, and that, and that happens, you know, I mean, y- you can have that. Maybe I'll w- just watch a lot of soccer. We're good at that too. So you being in LA, um, you know, I, I do think USC is going to be better this year. I kind of like them. I think they're kind of a sleeper. They, they're kind of a, a sleeping giant. That's kind of waiting to kind of come back up. They're finally past all that Reggie Bush, whatever happened kind of thing. And they're pushing through, you know, they don't have hip hop stars, kids in the locker room. So they already have that to their advantage. Um, I, I really like the Trojans. That's a you know that's a really good point. And for whatever reason, when Pete Carroll left, there's something about them that I don't trust yet, and I don't know what it is. But for but for whatever reason, in uh, it, it, it wasn't in that long ago that the USC, of course, was dominating and, and and winning all the time, and they were just you automatically penciled them right at the top. But for whatever reason, it seems like something might have been lost along the way. And even though I really li- like Steve Sarkeesian and I think he's great, I just am not really – I just don't trust him yet. And I, I, I just don't know if I can put them in in the playoff. I don't know if they can take the Pac-12. I know it's tough. I know on paper they look like they're going to be there. But for whatever reason, I just – I got a feeling – I've just seen them do too many things – that just are inexplicable. Like let it, like last year when they let that touchdown, I don't remember who they Arizona State. They all they had to do was bat the ball down and then they allow a touchdown there. You know, and then they allow a late field goal against Arizona. Just some things that are just real bonehead stuff. It's just I don't know. Can they get through that? I, I, I don't really know. I know a lot of people are really liking them. I, I, I'm always a skeptic, and I don't, I, I'm always really negative all the time. But uh, for whatever reason, I, I definitely would want to see it. Uh, before I before I buy into it with that program especially, I just I don't know it's just a feeling for mine. I mean I haven't really seen them. I mean and that's the other thing that's different about college versus pro is that with pros we're watching a ton of preseason football that doesn't really matter. I mean let's let's be honest with you. No one should make any assumptions about a team other than injuries that come out of the preseason. Um, but right. with college you don't get that. 
Well, and not only that, but so many some of these key players are just so unknown. You know, we can talk about all day long about top 100 recruits, and we can dig all the way down to blue chip guys, but these guys are all so unproven and so really unknown that it's that we have really nothing to go by. So, college football, maybe more than any other sport at all, I think you can know the least about what's going to happen. When it comes, like when 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 the when the season rolls around, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure at this point we can be pretty comfortable with Ohio State. We can be pretty comfortable just because we have so much faith in maybe some of the top coaches. But there's always so much unknowns that 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 come out and people that come out of nowhere. You know, you think about like Johnny Manziel. That guy had no preseason hype whatsoever, and then he just took over everything. So I think in college football especially, it's really difficult to read into the hype. And the top 25 polls when the AP comes out at the beginning of the year are always a joke by the middle of the season. So, you know, it's fun to think about, but there's almost nothing really that you can know. I mean, you could probably do your research. And, I mean, it's good to always know and read and be educated, but it's all, but college football is so difficult to get on top of before you start watching at least a couple of games to, to, to figure out who you like. Yeah, so I I love what you just said right there. I love what you said, and, and it was kind of earlier when you were talking to me about you know rankings and seedings and all the other stuff that sometimes it just doesn't matter until the guys get on the field, until they start you know knocking each other around. You're not going to know where everybody stats, and even then, sometimes the polls are still wrong. Yeah, and I was talking to like Jesse, or I wasn't talking to Jesse Palmer, but I was listening to an interview with him on ESPN the other day, and I remember he was talking. He brought up this stat about six of Oh, no, I'm going to butcher it. There's a significant portion of national champions that have rolled out a, a first-year quarterback um, and then won the national title, which before he was saying back in like the 90s and in the you know, early 2000s, 90s and beyond, having a veteran quarterback was always the thing that propelled you to the top. That was always something. That was a commodity that you could really do something with. Now that theory is completely out the window with a lot of these teams winning out first-year guys. So predicting has even become more difficult. Yeah, I, and, and just and I just feel like, too, um, you've got situations where we're not sure because you don't have as much media access to these players. Uh, even like college, whole college teams, like I think it was like Clemson who basically shut down all of social media for their, their student athletes, which I think is very smart. If I were an athletic director, I would. I would certainly just shut it down because you don't want someone giving locker room fodder or just saying something stupid. You know, you don't want anybody yeah, doing something yeah. stupid. And it'd be weird putting in your co- being a coach, you know, you're a whatever you are, however old you are, let's say a 55-year-old man, and it's like you're livelihood is based on 18 year old boys it's just you know it's kind of weird to think about that so yeah if you use one more thing to eliminate i totally agree with it now that could upset them and maybe you could get not have let them have recruits in the process i don't really know but i totally get that yeah i mean you're gonna you're gonna trust yourself and your job position based on an 18 year old with twitter uh it, it i i totally get it well, I mean, and if it's a winning program like Clemson, like, you know, I, I certainly don't think any players are going to turn down going to coach with, you know, going to Dabo. I mean, come on. It's Clemson. Um, yeah. You know, I think, good- yeah. I mean, if you have a winning coach, you've got a winning system, you know, I think that the players will adjust to what they need. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. See, this is why I like you the best, because you agree with me, except for the hot dog eating contest. It's wrong, Mikey. It's wrong. 
Now the the hot dog eating contest, and that's something that I could talk about all day. And I and I I, I know that it's ridiculous. I know that the hot dog eating contest is kind of silly. At the same time, I I don't I don't know. I mean, have you ever eaten when you're super duper full? It's it's just painful. And I there's something that I really admire. It's almost like kind of like David Blaine type uh type skills where it's like the mind over the matter kind of thing it's like pushing through pain and although it is disgusting to look at and i think most people would not really consider it anything there's something i find very fascinating about it and i and i i admire it despite what doug says it's just the sheer thought to, i have a problem with soggy bread i think that's a mental thing of mine going that's disgusting. like how do they get past just you know like have you ever watched survivor and they're always eating something gross at some point in the season like there's always some sort of challenge where they have to eat like a delicacy from whatever weird island they're on i would never be able to do that i would cry i would absolutely like go to a ball of tears and just sob and go what have i done with my life and i think that's where i can't do the food eating contest because it just like like that man versus food show freaked me out because i'm going human beings should not do that no well in the soggy bread thing that's 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 just a technique to get it down faster I think that was invented by Kobayashi. He did the he split the half. I can't remember what it's called, uh, but there's a but there's a technique. There's a, there's a name for the technique, and I wish I had that. I didn't expect about to be talking about the hot dog eating contest today, but we break it in half, and you eat the bun, and then you eat two halves of one hot dog, and you you eat that next. But that's a uh, that's that's like the main technique, and it's it's effective. I mean, it's not like a tasty competition. I don't think they're going in there going yum. I think that it's mostly you know they're. They're, it's, they're, getting, they're getting themselves psyched in their head, and they're, they're trying to get into a groove. Do you think that men are designed that if it has a competition element to it, he, they will watch it? Like, think about the show like Chopped on Food Network. My husband will sit there and watch it with me, and he'll have no problem watching it because it's competition. Is that just something ingrained in, like, male psyche? Something about competition when it's real that I definitely always appreciate, even if I don't necessarily like the sport. But you can look at my co-host for the prime example – Doug cannot be more repulsed by the by the hot dog eating contest when you know that I'm that 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 is something that I genuinely have interest in. I just yeah, but it just goes to show you that you know it just it just goes to show you that if it's competition, I think that a lot of people, particularly men, are willing to watch it. They're willing to try it once. I mean, did you get caught up in earlier this summer that whole storm the dorm thing that that started just as I was starting my podcast, and I'm there like. That is. Oh my gosh, you missed like the greatest thing ever. It is competitive like video gaming where they had like it was like UC Berkeley and some other college and there was like a tournament and people with thunder sticks in a dome um, and they were playing this video game and they had like five color commentators talking about, you know, oh my gosh, he pulled out his wizard power. Oh, they have to flank. They have to flank. And I'm like, this is a video game. What have we done to ourselves? And it's on ESPN too. Um, seriously, when you get a chance, Google Storm the Dorm, the greatest marketing thing this video game company has ever done. But I couldn't turn off, like I had to watch it and the tweets were fantastic. I think I had a one of the assistant coaches from like Connecticut basketball was tweeting me and back and forth. And he's like, why do they need six color commentators? They even had sideline reporters for it. Well, yeah, I, well, that is something I, I know nothing about. I was really good at Mario Kart, but I don't know what game they're playing. But uh, th- yeah, that's now that's now that's something else. No, I think you, I think you loving 
the oddity that is um, hot dog eating contest would probably really enjoy storm the door just again. But you know, sometimes maybe it's just the way I look at sports. Um, it's a very sociological view. I love the way that crowds interact and college does that better than anywhere else. Because if you think about it, you know, when you go to a college experience, when you go back to, you know, Kansas state and you do all the things that you do, you know, as a group, you know, whatever it is, the fight song or the cheers, you dress a certain way, the certain chants, the certain things you say, the certain jokes about your rivals, you know, it's a shared experience that nothing else on earth I feel like has. Yeah, no, it's very unique. That's for certain. And I, I completely agree. And I think that's what makes college athletics so much more exciting is just because I think there's a real tie that people have to the games that you don't particularly get in professional sports. Like you don't storm the field in professional baseball anymore. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just there's just something about when you're. It's just more personal, I think, when in in college sports uh, that makes people just absolutely lose their mind and you know become de- delusional individuals. And literally, people's livelihoods can be changed by by their team winning and losing. And I think that that's something extremely unique to sport. Well, there you have it. All right, Mikey, if Galpa Nation is inspired by my glowing recommendation of your podcast, and you will like it, I promise, um, where can Galpa Nation hear you? You want to go to cooperandrupert.com. I know it sounds like a Looney Tunes, but it's like Cooper, like a mini Cooper, and Rupert, like Stewie's little bear, cooperandrupert.com. That's where you want to go, and you can find us there, and subscribe to us on iTunes and all that other good jazz. Yeah, and leave them reviews and subscribe and download. They're very good. I enjoy it very much. Um, all the notes will... Sorry, before you go, I just wanted to ask a question for you. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I just wanted to know who, who you're like, it, uh, or who's your team, who's your Super Bowl teams in the NFL? Is it too early yet, or, or have you got those out? Yeah, no, um, I definitely have an AFC choice. I definitely think, I believe Steelers are going to do really, really well. I love what... Um, Ben's doing. I love the fact that they got Le'Veon Bell back early. Um, I think that Antonio Brown looks fantastic. Um, so Heath Miller's on there, and I know he's old, but he's a UVA grad, and I love him. Um, so I do like the Steelers a lot. I feel like they're going to prevail in that really tough AFC North. I am torn. I would really love my Philadelphia Eagles to surprise and shock the world. Um, I'm really trying to be cautiously optimistic in what Chip Kelly is doing. Um, I'm scared to death of Sam Bradford and his knees. I'm kind of glad someone started the petition to get the Pope to bless them because I'm very concerned. Um, so NFC, I'm not sure. I, you know, some sleeper picks that could be going soon. I like Atlanta. I like Dan Quinn down there. Um, I think that could be a really interesting matchup. And I and I think that the NFC South is really open. Um, I also really like St. Louis. Um, don't discount St. Louis. Okay, yeah, those are those are you blindsided me with those two. I I did not be I was not thinking about those guys. Well, think about it. St. Louis has an amazing defense, and people really discount that because all everybody talks about is Seattle. But they've got Chris Law, and they've got you know all these great players. It's a strong defensive unit. They just haven't had a quarterback you know, stick around the full season. And great, my favorite team has to deal with that quarterback now. Yay! Um, can you tell my glee, Mikey? Can you tell? Oh, yeah, just, no, just... Uh, I'm, I I'm already can't wait, although I'm a huge baseball guy too, so this, this, this coming up is my favorite time of year. This is, this, is the, this is the time about to be locked in. September and October are, uh, are my two favorite months in sports. 
Well, I got a question then. So how do guys like particularly so, if you know, again, my show is often for um, I have a lot of male li- listeners. I probably have more male listeners than I do female listeners. But the idea of the show originally. So that makes that makes sense. I don't understand that, by the way, that more men listen to me than, than women because, you know, well, that wasn't. More bros are listening to the podcast. I mean, there's a bunch of dudes probably right now eating Cheetos on their couch just uh, just listening to Gal Pal. Uh, and I totally welcome them to Gal Pal Nation because, you know, I need, I deserve fanboys too. Um, but, you know, I do have my female listeners, particularly my regular women like in my life who listen to me because they're being nice. But they also ask me these questions like, you know, fall is the time where I want to do like I, I saw like a, a meme or something on Facebook today where it was like my favorite things about fall are like pumpkin picking and leaves and the lattes and spending time with my blah, blah, blah and cuddling. And I'm like, nowhere in there did you put baseball or football? So you're missing yeah. the point of fall. Well, I will tell you this, ladies, if you're listening to this right now, you have to understand if you're with a guy, he he will be able to give up some. I mean, you know, football is very important, especially on Saturday and Sunday, but there are time slots that he can give up. So just understand that it's give and take, you know, and, and maybe say before 4.30, you've got till the 4.30 kickoff time, that's where you can do. That's where you guys can go frolic and pay twelve dollars for eggs or whatever you guys want to go do for brunch. But do that maybe all in the morning because when prime time gets ready to kick in, just understand that somebody's going to be in front of the television and there's just no there's no getting around it. So yeah, I think I think and I think as a guy, you know, you just need to understand that you need to give up some time slots. There's just going to be a couple of games that you need to miss at the very beginning. But if you've got a girl, you're going to have to go. Uh, you're going to have to miss the you know North Carolina. South Carolina game or something like that, but uh, but you know you just gotta you gotta pick your battles. Yeah, or or you can marry a girl like me that goes. Let's watch all the football or that. Yeah, that that I, they do exist. We do exist. It's just you know we didn't have any way of talking about it before. You know, I'm really hoping that more females get into this whole sports podcasting thing. More independent females, not just necessarily connected with ESPN. Yeah, no, no kidding. Because, you know, I mean, I, I just, I, it's been great. Like, we've been doing this great two-a-day series where I've been partnering with another blog talk radio program, Next Fan Up. And all the guys on there are hilarious because they're just excited, number one, to talk about sports, talk about their favorite teams, but they talk about a girl. And, you know, that was a surprising thing. And I think that's why your email to me, I don't know if you remember sending that because um, it was a while ago, but I think that's why it affected me so well and why I became a super fan of yours just because it was like, okay, a guy who's really established in this industry is saying, it's cool, we're going to let you in. And we're going to not only let you in, but we're going to help you and we're going to support you and we're not going to necessarily go, oh, she's just a girl. You know, and I and I love that, and it, seriously, it, it meant the world to me when I was launching. No, this, and I think that there's there's really some really good females that are involved in that that know that know sports really well, and I think that I'm sure that they they probably get a lot of adversity uh, trying to do it. So I just think you know a little bit of encouragement sometimes goes a really long ways. There you have it. And ladies, seriously, check out Cooper and Rupert podcast. It is great. They are excellent at analyzing games and analyzing situations within sports. Um, and again, they talk about everything from the NFL to whether or not Joey Chestnut is still the hot dog eating king. And again, you can check out Mikey Rupert on cooperandrupert.com. They are on iTunes and all the links to the show will be on my show notes at blogtalkradio.com forward slash sportsgalpal or on sportsgalpal.com. Mikey, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ron. I really appreciate it. 
I want to thank Mikey Rupert again for coming on to the podcast. He, again, is one of my favorites of all time guests. I was so lucky to have him come on my show. So for my question of the week, I got a question from a listener who writes... Ramona, it's really great that you love sports and I've tried to love sports. I just don't get it. I don't understand. And you go on and on about how it helps your marriage. But in actuality, it's easy for you to say that because you guys do like the same thing. So it's easy for you. So how are you able to give me advice when I can't stand sports? And this is from Stephanie from Seattle. Well, first off, Stephanie, you living in Seattle you're in like the greatest sports town right now there is. I mean, the 12 is like the coolest phenomenon ever. So embrace that, you know, put on some neon green. You'll love it. All right. But I will say, I do get it. It is easier for me because I am very comfortable talking sports. I like to hang out with sports people. I like to go to sports bars. I like to listen to radio, talk radio about sports. I like to watch ESPN. And my husband benefits from that. Absolutely. But you know what? Not everything he likes, I like. For example, he is a huge fan of The Walking Dead and now the new show, Fear the Dead, Rise of the Dead, Something Dead. I don't know. You hear the way I'm talking? I can't stand those shows. I tried. I watched the first season on Netflix and okay, it was really good. But by the second season where Lori's sitting in the car and the zombie's like literally like putting his face in like the glass and his skin's peeling off. I'm like, okay, I am done because it was gross and scary. And I'm like, how is this entertainment? If I'm supposed to escape from my real life, I'm going to go into this crazy world where we have zombies everywhere and you wake up and there are literally zombies everywhere and they're eating people and it's not fun to live in. No, that's not fun. My husband loves it. He will listen to the podcast about um, Walking Dead. He watches the after show about Walking Dead. He watches, you know, the, the, all the stuff and there's all these fan theories and everything else. And it's just like, a sports fan. He watches the wrap-up shows just like I would watch the wrap-up show of the NFL or just like I would watch the pre-show. So it's no different. I do get it. So what we do is this. Sundays, that is his time for the TV. Um, I do wonder what's going to happen with Sunday Night Football because those are typically the best football games. More than likely, we'll watch that and then he'll watch Walking Dead later and he'll DVR it. So that is a little bit better because typically with sports, you can't DVR it. But there are times where he has skipped Walking Dead episodes when they first come out to hang out with me to do things. So he has given that take, but most of the time I leave him alone. I provide a snack and a beverage and I say, here's the giant TV with a cool surround sound. You go have fun with these crazy people in Georgia running away from people that want to eat you. And and if you find that fun and enjoyable, baby, you go right ahead and do it. Because me, I have no desire. And I come in here, I work on my podcast, I'll read a book, maybe give myself a facial, have a little Ramona time. So, you know, don't look at sports as a way like, ugh. You know, if you absolutely hate it, don't fake it because you're going to be annoying to your guy that you're trying to hang out with. Um, it's annoying. Like, I can't stand it when I, when we have couples that have come with us to like football games and the wife is bored and she wants to talk to me. I don't want to talk. I want to watch the game. So Leave. Find something else to do. Find a girlfriend whose husband is also a crazy sports nut. Set up a play date for the two of them. And then you two go have some wine and go do whatever it is you want to do. If you want to check out whatever god-awful TV is, is on on Sundays, I didn't realize there were other TV programs on other than football. But apparently there are. I'm sure you'll find something you enjoy. But, you know, it is okay if you don't want to watch sports. It's okay. But all I'm saying is, is that I just want you to understand 
why we think it's important and why fans become the way they are and at least find a way where you can watch or tolerate it a little bit because I guarantee you if you spent a couple hours just sitting with your husband watching him watch his game and then you're able to talk a little bit about it afterwards he's going to be so appreciative that just puts a little bit deposit in a love bank and you can utilize that later for whatever you want to so just just recognize it or at least you understand why he gets so upset when they lose or why he gets so happy when they win you know if you can just tolerate that and not treat it as you know discount it because you don't understand it I think that matters my husband what matters on that show apparently there was some girl named Lizzie and she looked at flowers and it was a big deal I don't know exactly what happened. I don't really care. But I know it's a big deal to him. So when he was talking about it, I paid attention. And I go, okay, well, a little bit. Obviously, I don't remember what happened. But I paid attention. And I listened to it. And I said, great. I'm glad Lizzie or whoever looked at flowers or whatever happened. I'm, I'm glad you're happy. Be happy he's happy. There are worse things he could do. Because at least those three hours he's watching football, you know where he is. I'm just saying. So again, if you've got questions for me, you can write them at Ramona at sportsgalpal.com and I might answer them on the air. Again, I want to thank my guest, Mikey Rupert, for coming on to the podcast. And remember, don't hate the game. Just try to understand why the rest of us love it so much. If you love the Sports Galpal podcast, make sure you subscribe and download on iTunes. And if you feel really great and you're super awesome, you could leave a review and say how much you love being part of Galpal Nation. And make sure to keep up with all things Galpal Nation, use the hashtag Galpal Nation on Twitter with me at Sports Galpal. Thanks for listening to the Sports Galpal podcast and be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.